0: Well, good morning, or day, it's 10 o'clock, it's not like this is our first service, right? This is, we're, we're here one service, it's a little later, um, but no, I'm, I'm. my name's Austin, I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, I'm just really grateful for this opportunity to be here with you this morning, and honestly, like, it's Labor Day weekend, and y'all are here, that's so good, that's, that's, like, honestly, yeah, I know, right? Like, it's... I hope, I'm glad you're here, first of all, I'm glad you're here for many reasons, lots of reasons. I think this moment, this opportunity on Sunday morning is is so good for our faith, it's so good for our journey, our walk with Christ, um, in so many ways. But I really do hope that this weekend you're prioritizing rest. I hope you're prioritizing rest on this three-day weekend. And not like the kind of rest that, like, you know, my dad would always say this, we'd see him like sleeping on the couch or something and Dad, you sleeping. Just rest in my eyes. Just rest in my eyes. Any, any, do, anybody do that? Okay. I've said that now. <laughs> I haven't even been a dad that long and I'm a, just resting my eyes, babe. Just rest in my eyes. Okay. And so it's, I hope that you're finding rest and not just rest for your eyes, for your body, but for your mind too. your whole self, your soul, You see, rest was one of the many things that Jesus did often. And also, too, apparently, like in the middle of a boat, in the water, in the middle of a storm. Like, kind of nuts, okay? And the reality is that many of us, many of us want, we want to be more like Jesus. And so, and that's why we follow him. Because we're his disciples, his apprentices. Because we want to experience that rich, that full life of love and joy and peace and rest that Jesus offers to us along with the apparent ability to nap whenever and wherever you want, okay, which would be really great these days. Um, but sadly, sadly, many of us don't experience these things. We want to. Like, we want to, right? Like, I, I go to church. I pray. I read the Bible. I even do, like, all of the right things, like, most, some of the time, I sometimes, okay? It, but like, I want to experience rest. but I don't really want to have to make time for it. I'm just too busy. I want his peace, but I also want to have control over the situation. I want to experience his joy, but I also want more money, sex or power. I want to experience his love, but this person, this post, this group, they offend me, and they just need to know they're wrong. And I'm right. But I still love them. I want to experience the way of Jesus without living the way of Jesus. Dallas Willard, an incredible Christian scholar and philosopher, he put it like this. He said, Our mistake as disciples, is to think that following Jesus consists in loving our enemies, going the second mile, turning the other cheek, suffering patiently and hopefully, while living the rest of our lives just as everyone else around us does. And he, goes, he continues and he goes on to say, it's a strategy bound to fail. And it's a strategy bound to fail... Because at the center, at the core of following Jesus is not, is not thinking the right things, is not saying the right things or doing the right things. At the center of following Jesus is death on a cross and life on the other side. If you've got your Bibles with you, I invite you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 16, verse 21. If you don't have them, that's okay. Usually, you should get the Bible app on your phone. That's a great app, but I'll also have it on the screen behind me. And so, uh, Jesus, he, he's, um, he, just, he just kind of told his disciples who he was, uh, in a way. Actually, they, they guessed it. And, and so Anyway, so here we are. We're here at verse 21. And from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day raised to life. Peter then took him aside, apparently to give Jesus like a little talking to, right? And so he began to rebuke him. He said, never, Lord, never shall this happen to you. This shall never happen to you. Which I think, I think it's actually, for many of us, like our gut response to the cross. Never. No way. Jesus then turned to Peter, and he said to him, get behind me, Satan. Which has got to be like at the top of the list of like things that you do not want Jesus to say to you. <laughs> Am I right? Like at the very top. Okay, he says, listen, get behind me, Satan. Satan. And this is actually what I think is a really brilliant insight into the way that the devil gets a foothold in our lives in our refusal to go to the cross. And so Jesus responds to Peter and he says, Get behind me, Satan. He continues. He says, You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but of merely human concerns. And then Jesus turned and he said to his disciples, Okay, he said to his disciples, Us, all right? He says, whoever wants to be my disciple, again, hello, that's us in the room, okay? Whoever wants to be his disciple, or maybe you're not there yet, that's okay, all right? Welcome, all right? Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. And guys, this is arguably Jesus' most preached message. It shows up in all four Gospels multiple times, okay? Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, you must, you must, you have to, there's no other way but to deny yourself and take up your cross. Friends, right here at the center of the way of Jesus is the cross. And sometimes I think we forget that the cross the cross is not like this like decorative like ornament at the top of a church building or at the on the side of a church building in our in our case okay or it's not some like piece of jewelry or this like cool tattoo idea the cross is an ugly gruesome and grotesque symbol of death and at the core of jesus following jesus the call of jesus to follow him means to deny ourselves and take up our cross, which is essentially a call to come and die. And some of you might be familiar with the quote. Diedrich Bonhoeffer, he said, when Christ calls a man, he bids him to come and die. What does Jesus mean by this? What does Jesus mean by deny ourselves and take up our cross? Well, first, Jesus is not asking you to, like, deny your inner person, okay? He's not asking you to, like, like, forget your Enneagram number or, like, your Myers-Briggs type, all right? That's not what Jesus is telling you to do, okay? We're to deny ourselves. Ourself, not ourselves. In a culture where everything is about self-fulfillment, the idea of self denial like saying no to ourselves and saying yes to jesus sounds crazy the closest our culture gets to denying ourselves is like that burrito for lunch right or like that that cookie in the break room okay like that's the closest our culture gets to like any idea of self denial and even in those like in those circumstances and we do that because like Again, it's self-denial in a sense, but really is it because we're really like denying that for ourselves because we want to f- be healthy, we want to feel good. Like it's about, it's about ourselves in the end, which those things are not bad things. Those are good things, okay? But again, it's about ourselves. okay? The end goal is what we want, okay? Careerism might be another example of this, like where you deny yourself and you work crazy hours and you travel all the time and you grind and you hustle until you get whatever it is that you want, whether it's the job with the money or the prestige. But in the end, it's still about your self-fulfillment. It's still about yourself. In fact, I think many of us can't even fathom a vision of the good life without involving getting what we want. Paul, the Apostle Paul, he elaborates on this idea of self-denial and the cross. And this is in Galatians. Okay, Apostle Paul, he writes this. Chapter 2, verse 20. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. And first, we're going to stop there because I think it's first important that we should note that Paul writes that he has been crucified with Christ. For Paul right, if we're going back to this idea of denying ourselves and taking up our cross, Jesus' call, the call of following Jesus to being one of his disciples, his apprentice, okay, the cross isn't something that Jesus did so that we don't have to. It's something that we actually get to participate with him. Friends, Jesus didn't die so that we don't have to. He died to teach us how to. And I'm not in any sense diminishing the the idea of the propitiation or the salvation, the forgiveness of sins with Jesus' death on the cross. That's not what I'm saying. But that moment was meant to be less transactional and more transformational. What I'm referring to is the fact that, listen, there is still a death that needs to take place in our lives. And Jesus, in the moment of the cross, he teaches us how to follow him through death and out the other side. Into life. To the full. And that's what Paul is keying in on here in the book of Galatians. Again, he goes on, he continues to say, he says, And I no longer live... But Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So if Paul, living in this moment when he wrote this, right, he's saying, I've been crucified with Christ. Well, what the heck is he talking about? Like, dude, you said you're talking about death here, but you're alive writing this. What does that even mean? If he's alive, then what was he referring to about death? And he writes later, In Galatians 5, verse 24, he says, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh, the flesh with its passions and desires. What are we to crucify and put to death? The flesh. We did it. There was a whole sermon on the flesh back in our war series when we talked about the world, the flesh, and the devil, right? The three enemies of the soul. Okay, so I would encourage you, if, if, you're, if you're not remembering what the flesh is, go back and watch that and be reminded of that. Because Paul says we're supposed to put to death our flesh, our selfish passions and desires that we place over God and his desires in our lives. When we put to death our flesh, Paul says we come alive. Right after this he talks about, so keep in step with the Spirit. When you put to death Yourself, you walk in the spirit. You walk in Jesus, in the ways of Jesus. Okay? He says, when we put to death our flesh, our selfish desires, our passions, we come alive. Because desire, desire, although it is a great motivator, it is a terrible master. When you have to do what you want to do, that's the problem, right? Right? That's the problem. Just ask ask anyone who's struggling with addiction or, or, or pornography addiction. When you have to do what you want to do all the time, that's the problem. Our desires, okay, great motivators, but they are terrible masters. It's a terrible master. And if we are run by our desires, it wouldn't necessarily be all bad. Some of us have really good desires, okay? Some of us like we we see that like commercial old commercial we don't watch commercials anymore anyone you watch we see that old commercial of like when the puppies come on, you know in the arms of an angel right we see that and we're like breaks my heart I want to adopt all the dogs and then some of you do right I'm not saying our desires are not necessarily all bad except we all know that our desires can be chaotic and contradictory and deceitful, and sometimes they can lead us to good things, and sometimes they can lead us right off of a cliff. Friends, there is a deep happiness and contentment and calmness that come over those who have died to self, to those who put their desires to death, or at least in their proper place below God. And as a result, they become transformed and set free from the dominion of want. When we deny ourselves and follow Jesus, we find ourselves motivated by love. By love. When we deny ourselves and we pick up that cross... That's literally the symbol of that sacrificial love, right? Also a symbol of a gruesome, grotesque death, but in the moment of Jesus and who he is, also a beautiful symbol of sacrificial love. We're motivated by love. God's love. A love that is unattached to the outcome and freely given. A love that isn't concerned with what I want or what I can get out of it, but rather a greater love to lay down one's life for the life of a friend. A love that denies the self and picks up a cross. So I wanna get practical here for a second. When you walked in, you might have noticed some things looked a little different, okay? You might have saw some tables and and chairs and signs and like Jolie's awesome, like kids sign up there. It was amazing, okay? I feel Julie, your kids are set up. Alright, I know. Like in elementary school when you gotta do the poster board, things like they're set. Because we all know the parents do those. Unless you did. Props on you. Good for you. Okay, but let's get practical for a second. Okay, because this sort of change, when Jesus says, follow me, hey, deny yourself, pick up your cross. Like when he says, Hey, you want to follow me? Here, there's your cross, go get it. Like that kind of change, like that doesn't just happen overnight. Denying yourself and following Jesus is a daily, lifelong practice. It's a thousand no's, a thousand, hundred thousand, million no's throughout your life that, that leads to one amazing yes of a life, one full life that Jesus talks about. And so here, to get practical, what does it mean to deny ourselves? What does it mean to, to, kind of, to put someone else before us? To serve to serve that's something that we can practice and participate in daily at home at work in our church in our communities serving one of the ways we practice this he, actually there are a lot of ways we practice this here at waypoint and so i'm going to invite um, some of the other ministry leaders up on stage with me here But there's a lot of ways we practice this. And and here's the reality. Through the act of serving, we're exercising, putting into practice, denying ourselves. We're putting into practice, picking up our cross and extending that sacrificial love, showing that sacrificial love out into the world through serving. And so it's one of these things. And we kind of talked a little bit about it last week. That's really important to what we do here at Waypoint. Because we believe it was really important to following Jesus. And so we have opportunities to serve. And I think sometimes there's a barrier when it comes to serving. Like, oh, I just I don't really know where to get plugged in. I, I don't really know what I'm good at. Like, I don't know. I don't know if middle schoolers are like, will like me or if high schoolers will think I'm cool or not. It's like, what? It's not, Really? It's, it's not about you. It's about serving, denying yourself, picking up your car. So we're going to talk about some of the different ways and, and the, some of the reasons why we do what we do here. Okay? And so for, for me, some of you know, I've just kind of entered into this new stage here at Waypoint where I've taken over some connections and um, I've had the opportunity to kind of get to know and... and uh, be exposed to some of the different ministries that fall under that connections. So there's, we have a host team. And so sometimes you see people greeting at the door, right? Or, or being holding these doors open, welcoming you, like they have a smile on their face, right? And they, Or you have people serving you coffee, right? Or we've got weekend attendance, people serving in, in security in different areas like that. Like That's a way for us to come in here and serve, right? Because some of us, like... It, it's, it's about, again, picking up that cross. It'd be a lot easier to just, especially on Labor Day, like just to kind of stay, like it's like one of the three like years, Sundays of the year where we're like, I could, we could probably skip, skip this one. Okay. I know what it was like before I, before I worked at a church. Okay. I, kinda, I remember what it was like. But anyway, and so there are all these opportunities. We're kind of going to share some vision with that. So part of the reason we do what we do here on a Sunday is because we believe providing a welcoming environment is really important because the church is the body of Christ. It's something that when you walk in these doors, we want people to feel loved and welcomed, and, and that's oftentimes not what people feel when they walk in those doors. It just as a church as a whole. There'll be people that'll sit out in parking lots because they were intimidated by coming into church. And so we want to be able to provide an opportunity for someone to walk in here and it just be a breath of fresh air, okay? So we've got serving on our host team. It's a great opportunity. Okay, we have things like groups. You can serve in groups at a capacity by leading a group, by keep becoming a group leader. Okay, like if we don't have the group you're looking for, hey, you should start the group you're looking for. <laughs> groups is a great opportunity to serve and connect with people. Serving is just a great way to connect with people in general. We also have our, um, our missions, our outreach We've got local missions. We have people on that team who are fired up about our community, our local community, and who are sending people out to do damage for the kingdom, to serve. We also have some international missions where we go to the Dominican and we serve the people of God there. Okay, and there are a lot of opportunities and outreach to serve, right? There are a lot of events that we put on, fun events. Waytoberfest is one of them. Okay, coming up, it's gonna be a great time and we could use your help, just providing another welcoming environment, all right? It's gonna be a great, awesome opportunity. Um, And so we have a couple others here that I just wanna give you guys an opportunity to share some of your vision and um, really, what, how someone could, could serve. So, is there a mic? Yeah, sorry.
1: So I'm Jolie Dodson, and I am the Director of Children's Ministry, and um, I'm also a mom, I'm a soccer mom, I'm a dance mom. All the moms. Um, I also work at the elementary school, in the cafeteria some, (laughs) and I just recently enrolled in grad school as well. So um, we are busy. Our family's busy. um, But with that being said, um, I want to talk to you a little bit about serving in kids. Um, Proverbs 22 6 says train a child in the way they should go and they will and when they are old they will not depart from it and when I think about that I think um, it's definitely a calling as parents but I think we also have to remember it's a calling as a community as grandparents as friends and as people of the church Um, God gave me a vision for this ministry when I assumed the role and it was Um, teaching children to know God, to grow in them, and to be able to show others who He is. And that resonates so deeply in my heart, but I cannot do that by myself. Mm -hmm. I can't execute a vision. I can have all the dreams, the plans, the ideas, and trust me, I have tons. Um, I can't do it by myself. I need you. Um, And it's super important. It's a necessity. Um, With the way our world is today and the way things are headed, um, we've got few opportunities to change it and I want to leave the world better for these kids that are coming up in it. I don't want it to look like this for them. And I think it's really important that we use children's ministry to do that. Um, What does serving look like in kids' ministry? Right now I have some really amazing child care workers who have been paid to be here every Sunday. Um, but today is their last day so parents as you're picking up your kids i ask that you thank them honor them because um, they have served us tremendously and through a really difficult time i will forever be grateful for them Um, but as we enter a new season of not having them around um, what does that look like Um, for you it requires an hour an hour a week an hour a month um, whatever that looks like for your family, you're in control of your calendar. You're in control of how you serve and where you serve. I do the prep work. Um, I take care of cleanup. I take care of prepping. You come in and you get to do the fun part. You get to sing. You get to worship. You get to teach. Um, get to color. You get to today. They're playing bingo and having chocolate. Like how much hard? How hard can that be? <laughs> I really. I'm in. <laughs> I'd rather be up there right now. Um, Without your help, I don't have a lot of really positive options. Um, right now it looks like closing classrooms, capping classrooms at a certain number of students, um, offering childcare only one service. Um, I hate that, that's a fail for me. Um, I was hired here to execute a vision and God's asked me to do that and um, I don't wanna be in that position. Um, I also don't wanna require that parents serve. Um, But right now, it seems like that's the road we're headed down. So I'm just asking, short of begging, um, it's an hour. And if you can set aside 6 to 12 hours a year, it will change what's happening in that hallway. Um, And I would love to come alongside you. Um, But bigger than that, um, God calls us all to serve. These fine young gentlemen here are all going to talk to you about their ministries. Maybe kids isn't your 10. More importantly than me selfishly sitting here and saying, you need to serve in my ministry, Hmm. pick a ministry. Because if every one of you out there picked an hour a month, what would our church look like? What would it look like? So as they talk, I'm just asking you to listen and to lean into what God has for you personally. But hopefully it's kids.
2: Uh, Good morning, my name is Mitchell. I work with uh, our students uh, and something Austin and I over the past several years and Noah and I now uh, are really passionate about and really just we spend a lot of time and effort getting like getting into is this idea of creating a space on a Wednesday night um, where middle school and high school students can show up. They can be themselves. They can let their guard down and they can be loved in that. Middle school, high school is a tough time, we've all been there, we probably all, most of us would say we were bullied at some point, like we've been made fun of, it's a very sensitive time, you're, you're learning who you are, your hormones are going crazy, things are just weird, life is weird, everything seems like it's the end of the world, uh, you can look back now and realize it's not, but like these students just need someone to hear them, someone to see them, someone to understand where they're coming from and just kind of be with them in that moment Um, and that's something that we we try really hard to create. Um, It's tough when when there's so many students but like that's 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 what we need. We need to create that that atmosphere for them and so we do that in a lot of different ways. I think we're kind of known in the area as the youth group that only has fun We've heard that from several other churches, from several other people. We're just the youth group that only has fun. And that gets me super excited because I know that I see Jesus every Wednesday night. I see him show up through our worship, through our messages, through our games, through just hanging out in small groups. Um, I see Jesus show up and enter into these kids' lives every single week, and it's incredible. Uh, Can I just have anybody who has served or gone through the youth program... In the past, can you just either raise your hand or give me a whoop whoop or something here? Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of people out there. Rob, I see you. There you go. Um, though, you guys are the MVPs. Like you're the ones that make this ministry happen. There's there's only so much that Noah and I can do on a Wednesday night, um, but we like you guys are the ones that are changing students' lives. I barely remember anything that my youth pastor said from the stage all through high school, all through middle school. But I remember the conversations I had with my small group leader in middle school, when I was going through a weird time or something that seemed like the end of the world and they just heard me or were just there with me. That's the stuff I remember, just those other adults in my life through the church that, that just poured into me. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of what we're looking for. I'm gonna let Noah share a little bit too.
3: Um, my name's Noah, I'm the middle school guy here. Um, pretty new, like, th- what was it, four months now? Um, and just coming in, yeah, something like that, I don't know. Um, just coming in, like this, this ministry, high school student ministry, middle school, is something special. Like these guys have set something up for these students. It's just incredible. Um, and being able to run that now is, is, is super fun for me. It's, it's been a blast. Um, and, and like Mitchell was saying, like, there's, there's no such thing as too many people speaking truth into the life of students. Like there's no such thing. Um, And so really what we're asking is that, you know, if that's your passion, if that's what you're looking for, if you, you know, could do that, that'd be awesome. Because man, these students are going through some things. They're going through some things. And what they need is people who love Jesus that are speaking that um, into them. Because, you know, we can only do so much running with, you know, 40, 50, however many students we have, you know, those conversations, we can't have that with everybody. and so that's why, that's why we need people um, to be pouring in on that relational level. Um, and I tell, I've said this to my small group leaders, like, you're the people, just like Mitchell said, like, you're the people that they're going to remember. You're the people that, you know, have these relationships with the students, and, and my job is to simply help you as you go into those relationships. Um, and so if that's something that, you know, God's placed on your heart as students, or you're thinking about that, and... You want to serve there come talk to us um, outside at the table and we'd love to have that conversation.
4: Hello everyone I'm Justin Tuttle and I chose the short stool this morning so bear with me on that. (laughs) (laughs) I feel so tall next to me right now. Um, um, Like Noah I've been here um, I've been serving for around two years but I've been on staff for um, about two or three months now and um, just when I think about worship um, even though I tend to be kind of like a quiet more subdued guy it's the thing that I get passionate about because when you just take what it actually is and when you strip away um, all the connection to music um, and all the baggage that can take with it sometimes in churches um, it just comes down to what we get to do every Sunday morning what we get to help you um, lead you in doing is just our actual purpose in life it's to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice it's to glorify God and to make him known. And we get the privilege of being able to do that every Sunday Um, and just serving on, especially serving on worship team has been an incredibly personal experience for me throughout my life. Um, I've done it for ever since I was inside of high school, almost um, without any breaks. And um, it's just being able to constantly be connected back to just my purpose in life, something that's so directly connected Um, has carried me through just some of the toughest moments of my life, whether it was being a teenager and wrestling with just extreme, extreme depression and thoughts of suicide, whether it was going inside of college and just feeling like I'd lost my way and all of the the, um, support system I had had growing up was suddenly stripped away and I kind of started to see what the core of me really was. And maybe I probably didn't deserve to be up there on stage at that moment, but God still used it. Um, whether it was going through having sickness and death inside of my family, um, I know that if it wasn't for serving, if it wasn't for being on a worship team, I wouldn't even be up here right now. I'd be dead, um, just because just having that deep, close connection to Christ um, and just being reminded of that every Sunday is just what kept me going, even when I didn't feel like it anymore. And so that if God has given you uh, musical talent, if He's given you um, interest in tech, that's what exciting, right? on so excited so we get to have tech problems that we're gonna talk about later in staff meeting and figure out so it's, sometimes stuff like that happens and that's why we need you guys um, but really just being able to if God's blessed you with musical talent and gifts you don't have to be perfect you don't have to have it all together you don't have to be the next Kerry Job. Um, you just have to invest in it and have a heart for leading people um, if God's given you um, interest in tech and being able to be um, behind the scenes honestly behind the scenes is the most important thing of what happens here on Sunday mornings and so there is a spot for people like Jolie was talking about um, we have what we do for, it's the same for us. Everybody's been struggling with volunteers and we have we do what we do right now, but um, it's been being born on the backs of just a few volunteers and we'd love to be able to expand. There's always more that we can do. but um, So we have a band that um, serves up here on Sunday and then back inside Tech Booth we have um, the people that run sound, people that run the slides and people that run the cameras and there's always more that we can do. So if you're interested in that, um, especially tech is something where you don't need to feel like it's like, oh man, well I haven't really done that before. That's great. If you have a heart for it, we will teach you. We will help you learn and grow. And um, if you're interested, please come talk to us afterwards.
5: All right. My name is Luis, and I get to go last. So if you're excited about that, you should be. Uh, I get to be the social ministries director, and this is the newest ministry that we have going on right now at Waypoint. So here is the cool thing about that we have more questions than we have answers right now. But Hang in there with me. Because everybody in this room is extremely, extremely creative. I know two things for sure out of all the Waypoint community. You guys are super, super welcoming. And you guys are so, so incredibly creative. So this ministry, right now we have a few things that we're working on right now. Graphic design wise, if you have any ability to want to create anything in any sort of way, whether it's, you know, any sort of drawing or uh, even taking it further into... The interwebs and creating some sort of graphic online. We can do stuff like that together, or we can have some sort of photography or videography. Now, those terms kind of get to scare people. It's like, oh dude, I don't I don't know about the lighting. I don't know about filming. I don't know about any of that. That's okay. We can grow in that together, and that's all right. But if you just like taking pictures on your phone, that's so cool. That kind of stuff gets me super, super excited. So I kind of kicked off all this by saying, we don't really know where we're heading towards this yet. And that gets me super, super pumped. Because we get to create this ministry together. We get to see how we look at it in the future. Like right now, it's not going to look like the same way how it is in two years from now. Now there's a lot of people probably watching online right now on the live stream. And those people could probably use some engagement from us somehow. Because they're still part of Waypoint. Even though you guys are not here. If you guys miss a Sunday and you guys are watching online, you guys are still part of Waypoint and we want to be able to connect with you guys as well. So what does that look like? If you guys want to volunteer in any sort of way when it comes to social media platforms, when it comes to creating some sort of graphic or filming or any sort of thing like that, please come and talk to me. We have a table out there. I'd love to chat with you. Why? Why would you want to do that? I think that there's a lot of us in this room who have This item in our pockets. If you guys have a phone, can you get it out right now? Wow, that's like everybody. Everybody at any point in time can be reached. Now, when we're here on Sunday mornings, we get to be here for one or two services if you come to that. If you come on Wednesday night, you get to be here on Wednesday night. If you serve on worship, you come Thursday and Sunday as well. Through this ministry, We're able to tap into each and every one of us at any point in time. And I just think that's so cool. I just think that at some point, anybody can encourage another person in another room just using our phones, just using some sort of link, just using some sort of graphic, just using some sort of Bible verse. And that kind of stuff built an insane community that I think Waypoint can tap into and get to a whole other So that gets me really excited. If that gets you excited, come chat with me. If not, come have a cookie. I brought a bunch of cookies. And I'm going to have to take them all home and eat by myself. And I don't have any self-control. So please come and talk to me. So uh, We love you guys. And I'm going to hand it over to Austin now.
0: So, um, yeah, guys, there there are a lot of um, ministry opportunities here. Opportunities for you to get involved and engaged. But really, the past two weeks with Vision Sunday and now today, um, really I think our, our, our goal in these past two Sundays have just been to engage with you guys and to remind you that you are just as much a part of this as we are. And the call to deny yourself and to pick up your cross and follow Jesus is a call for every disciple and every apprentice of Jesus. And so, and we get to do that together. We get to do that together. And that's a really cool thing. And so, this isn't just about here at Waypoint. There are ways we can get involved in our community together. And there are ways that you can serve each other at home. It's a daily practice. It's not just on a Sunday or a Wednesday night. It's a daily practice that we need to institute into our lives. Okay? So, before um, we head out there, I just wanna, wanna let you guys know a few things. Um, we're gonna watch a video of some people who've been serving in our ministries. When that is over, um, you guys are dismissed, and you're welcome to you're welcome to walk out the doors and leave. If you got like a brunch or something you got to go to, by all means, don't don't hang. We won't keep you any longer. Um, but if something stirred in your heart today, if you're like, yeah, this is this is something that um, I think God's been asking me to do for a while, um, I'd encourage you to have a conversation with us. Okay? All right, I'm gonna pray, and then uh, we'll cue up that video. God, thank you so much for this opportunity this morning again to uh, glorify you by gathering together, by being in relationship with each other. Um, God, I am just asking that this weekend of of, of rest, that we participate in that, that we participate in that also with a sense that you made us to work. Rest is important and work is important. God, I'm reminded of that time when... You encouraged us to come, all who are weary and burdened. Take your yoke upon us and you will give us rest. A yoke is a tool for work. God, a part of your kingdom is work, a part of your kingdom is rest. Help us to do these things and live in ways that follow you. God, we ask for um, our hearts to be turned towards you for your desires to become our desires as we deny ourselves and pick up our cross and partner with you in that moment. Thank you for this time, Jesus. It's in your name. Amen.
6: All right, dude. Are you excited? Are you ready
7: for this? So excited. I honestly have not been in front of a camera very often. Should I talk to you or should I look at the camera? Okay, well, at the end of the adios, just like Otis oh, I'm right, just right. kidding. Okay. My name is Sarah Zimmer.
6: Hi, I'm Tim Zimmer.
7: I'm Mallory and I volunteer in Kidsmen. I'm Leah Bliley and I'm a vocalist on the worship team. I serve with the Waypoint Student Ministry and then also with the Women's Ministry.
6: I serve um, in the Youth Ministry and I also serve in the Men's Ministry. I throw a couple events uh, a year and
7: help out with that. I just have a heart for kids. I teach first grade. Um, I have for 11 years and so I just, I have that calling. I
6: don't go to every event, but if I enjoy something, I go there and I meet guys that enjoy doing the same thing. And it's a great way to connect and find other followers that um, are into the same stuff you are and share the same interests.
7: I just love being able to embrace the gift that God gave me of being able to lead people, not being afraid of being a face on stage, not being afraid to be in front of people and to not only not just be in front of people but to also be able to engage people. Our goal really is to facilitate an environment that women can come together, um, create a community and also just be poured into because most women are very busy and are giving a lot of their time and energy to their family, friends, jobs, whatever. And so the goal of the ministry is to really pour into them so that they can pour into whatever area they're going into during the week. A lot of times the older kids are more timid and not wanting to like embarrass themselves and like stand up and worship. But we brought the four or fives in with them and they worshiped their heart out. Like they just danced, they didn't care who was around them. And it was just one of those moments of like, that's what worship is. Like that's right there. Like they don't care what they look like. They don't care who's watching them. They're just worshiping. Being able to serve with your spouse being able to find somewhere that you guys overlap was just amazing. We're able to grow together, we're able to see the church flourish together, and we're able to help each other not just on stage but even at home when we're practicing and all that stuff. Serving is such an incredible way to grow as the body of Christ and encourage younger and older generations that maybe don't have the community or aren't really strong um, in their walk with the Lord and really need that that communion of women to come around them.
6: It was just a big aspect in my life as a child, and um, I get along with kids, probably because I'm a little mature, and uh, I, yeah, I I just love hanging out and beating up on some kids every now and again, and (laughs) it's the only people I can beat anymore. Adults are actually really good at stuff, so I'm smart, and so I just pick on the kids.
7: (laughs) It's not what you can get out of volunteering but it's what's in you that you can pour into your volunteering. So the gifts that you have already been given and how God can use them in very specific ways to further the church and to further the house. So I really encourage you to look into you. You know, if you have a passion for the future of the church, like these kids are the church. And so that's something that Waypoint has preached from the beginning. You know, they are the church right now and we cannot Afford to ignore that or not invest in them.
6: Waypoint offers a lot of things to get plugged into, um, find something you enjoy and plug yourself in and meet new people and um, build that community that, I mean, we're, we're called to have and um, that only just helps you grow as a Christian.